What's good, Internet? And welcome to session 25 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. This week, we have a serious debate about the meaning of hashtag video games are not to blame, because it should be hashtag my co-hosts are to blame. That is if this episode sucks. With me, as always, the humble, the handsome, the three-time applicant who can't get into Evo, Joel DeWitt. They still won't let you in, huh? I think they declined as my elite skills, which made some kitty pride. The other night, I almost wanted to match the DB fighters. Almost. Almost. Keep trying, buddy. Also with us is a really sick man. I think he's been playing Eternal Darkness again, because he isn't making any sense. Eric Getty Gettinger. Hey, man. You really shouldn't play that game after 2 a.m. You know that feeling? Start screaming? Game decapitates you when switching zones. Insanity gauge empty? You actually want to talk about this game? I need therapy every time I play it, so no. Well, this week we brawl in the news with some home invasions, shake some Polaroids and some fists in the backlog blog. But first, we swing on to early adopters. Our early adopters this week are some interesting trippy retro games as well as more Magic the Gathering stuff. Yep. But first, I want to talk about Verlet Swing. I had kind of brought this up to Joel. Getty, did you take a look at this at all? You had mentioned it, but it sounded like you were Spider-Man, so I had to let you be. <laughs> it's a super fun, innovative game, if not a little one-note. But uh, So you are in this world where it is you, and then you see in the distance a glowing, a glowing goal, a circle orb that you have to go into to finish the level. You'll see points in the air as well as several items that are just there, floating in space, sometimes moving. And you have the right, the, your left click will shoot out a web to connect to anything that isn't black. There are black, uh, let me think of, there are black hanging arches and blocks and walls. If you touch them, instant death. But really, if you touch anything, you're instant death. So you have to just web shoot across the level to get to the goal. Yeah, I don't get that distinction. My experience has been so far that anything you touch besides the points that you can connect the string to, just, I'm not calling it a web. You're not Spider-Man in this game. But uh, <laughs> anything you touch besides the end goal causes a fail state. Yes, but you can't connect to anything that is black. Fair enough. It reminds me a lot of Cluster Truck, which if you've ever played that one, where you jump from car to car to get to the goal. You have a lot of air control, and it's a really quick restart, but also a really quick death. You touch the ground, you touch any kind of object, you're instantly dead and just hit R to restart. But what the best part about it is that it's the environments are psychedelic, hot pink skies with fish and dolphins flying through the air, and sometimes the platforms are pizza slices for no reason. Okay. It sounds really weird. Yeah. It's... So when you go through the goal and trying to get there, they put all these things in your way, like a wall with only like a plus-sized hole, so you have to kind of thread the needle through it. But on the other side, there will be statue heads, which you zip line across, then avoid the dolphins who are f- swimming through the air, and then grab onto the last piece of pizza, like you have to swing on it to get to the goal. I, you heard that sentence that came out of your mouth, right? Exactly. How many drugs did you take before playing this? That's the best part. It just makes you feel like you're on drugs. But really sweet drugs, which also make really sweet, sweet, chill wave music. Like some good old-fashioned, like, mellow beats. 
and there's only like one song per world so you're kind of hearing the same song throughout the entire world which took me about 30 minutes to get through the first world okay. super gd radio does not condone the use of drugs or describe them as sweet sweet drugs yeah <laughs> right <laughs> I'm um, pretty sure I just did. Well, <laughs> you are only one representative, and uh, retweets does not equal endorsement. So, true. Uh, so, actually, like the aesthetic is the big thing about this, other than just the obvious swooping around towards the end goal. It has that kind of vaporwave aesthetic to it. You know how it's kind of the grid lines with the the mellow colored sun in the background, very eighties is sort of the basic template for what's happening there. But then, Alice, like you said, it's like somebody dumped out a box of random shit all over the level to be obstacles. So, like, I was running to even stuff like those totem head idols as, <laughs> like, different obstacles, too, beyond just, like, the dolphins or the pizza. Just really a weird hodgepodge assortment of random stuff. So can you collect items as you're swinging along? It's not really the point. I think the point ends up being that you have to get from where the, the start of the level to the goal, and they have uh-huh. uh, a timer going. Okay, and so you, there's a timer. You get to the, yeah. yeah, you get diff- you get different trophies. You know, like you say, you love the th- getting three stars in a level. This yeah. is that kind of game. Okay. And they put up a leaderboard at the end of each level to see who online has gotten how far and how, how quickly. Okay. I was going to say, there has to be some kind of hook like that to try and make it competitive, or at least motivate you it definitely does that it definitely makes you want to move forward as quickly as possible and you do have some sort of air control so that's always fun to be able to grab a point with your web and then hook to the side around it wrapping around it instead of going straight up and down so you can angle yourself along each swing Hmm. like (laughs) spider-man yeah like spider-man i liked it a lot uh 15 dollars is a little steep but I definitely will continue to get my money's worth on this one. I'll always uh, pop it on in the background whenever I'm just like, I don't know what else to play. This is kind of good and mindless and relaxing. Because that's what, that was what Cluster Truck did for me, was I would just put it on whenever like I didn't know what else to play, and I would just kind of play like 5 to 10 levels in like 15 minutes, and boom, I'm ready to go. Cluster Truck came out on Switch, so I'm thinking about picking that one up too. Huh. I feel like this could belong well on something like uh, VR, like PlayStation VR or Oculus. Just being surrounded by the look of the levels to be kind of crazy. Also because they got first-person web swinging right. It feels good. It feels what I... That's what I imagine it would be like. Would be to swing this way and grab another rope and swing out again. And it seems scary and you can... If you miss your point, you're going down. So it is. it does seem realistic to me and that's kind of what I like about it also. You hear that, Daddy? Realistic web swinging. I, yeah, no, I got it. It's just, I already have a fear of heights, so if they made a VR version, I'm sure that Alex would make sure I played it. I will ask them. Because as it turns out, they're up for an interview by us. So in the future, I will be trying to make and plan a time to have a discussion with them about Roulette Swing and some of their other trippier games. It's going to be tricky, though, because they're in Sweden. You did also make that sound kind of sad. They're willing to do an interview with us. (laughs) Kind of underselling it there. Now, I have one other game, but I'm going to skip over it for right now. I wanted to hear about Casa Voices of the Dusk. Is that how you pronounced it? I don't... Casa? 
I didn't play it. I, I uh, got Kaza out of it. They, they don't actually say the title. Okay, okay. This, is, this is actually my wife's family's, or her mother's maiden name. As far as I know, it's Kaza. Yeah. Okay, because that would actually go with some of the mechanics of the game. So this was a Steam beta access, and it actually ended today, the 8th of August. So what you got here is a card game, Think Magic the Gathering, and we already talked about that eh, several weeks ago. And from the first experience I had with it, I almost thought it was going to be more like Hearthstone. Uh, And Alex, you might actually like this one. Really? Yeah. So the reason I say that is because there's it's turn-based, but there's no dedicated energy or mana source. So you don't have to worry about trying to figure out how you're going to play your cards. Because as long as you have cards in your hand, you can take one of them and deposit it into your cause pile. And that acts as your your battery or your mana. So you can play cards out of your hand that have the same value as your cause pile. Each turn you draw four cards if you have less than four. If you have more than four, you draw one. All right. So it it gets even more interesting than that. I'm but, sorry, before we move on from that, mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Uh, do you know any other card games that use a similar ratio of how to manage sort of a mana pool? Because that is still kind of using a mana pool of some sort, but it's more like you're dumping mana pool into a, a usable state actively, you know? Right. Well, you can only deposit one card into your cause pile per turn. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I've played some throughout the years, but nothing with a, a dedicated like pile of cards there. Yeah, me neither. That that sounds really interesting, actually. I like this idea because there's a definite risk-reward to getting rid of a card just to make sure that you have the energy to play another. Right, so when you get your starting hand and you have a card that costs six cause to play you're not going to be able to use it for a while, so you drop it in the pile. And then you can play one of your one-cause cards. So you have your your basic sets of uh, like creatures. You also have events, which act as your instants or sorceries. And you have some support cards. Now, what made it interesting, uh, because the support cards act like enchantments, but there's like a spin on it. So when you play a support card, it could have an ongoing effect or a single-use effect. So one of the ones that I had that I played would either recover one health to every single one of your units at the end of your turn, or it had there was another card that had a single-use. It would heal a character for three health just at any time. Hmm. And in some cases, the cards can do one or the other. Like, one of them was draw an extra card at the beginning of your turn, or you could burn it, and you could play an extra card during your turn. So that's one of the hooks that I think you would actually like, Alex. Each turn, you can only play two cards out of your hand. It limits how much everybody's able to do, so you don't feel like you're overwhelmed trying to figure out, like, all the different actions you can take. There we go. Yeah, it, it limits you, and it limits the person you're playing with. Now, I found it really interesting... As you move on, you can take the creatures on the field that you play, and you can actually move those into your cause pile. So let's say you have a character, he uh, 
battles, he does damage to one of the other monsters, and he's hanging on by a thread. You can actually take him, drag him, and drop him into your cause pile, and then you have an extra point to cast with. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other side of that, you can play cards out of your cause pile as long as it doesn't go under the card's cost. It doesn't exceed how much cause you have. See, that, that seems complicated because I'd be worried that playing a card out of my cause pile might take me below a threshold for the future. It can, but it's also a really cool way to combo cards. And that's, that's one of the tricks that I did. I actually got to play several matches, and it turns out I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> so uh, I had a good combo where I did damage, and then I looked in my cause pile. I had a, like a direct damage spell, and it had just enough damage to kill the other player. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now, the tutorial goes really in-depth, and it covers everything that I've said and more. Uh, I'm actually kind of sad that the beta already ended because I'd love to drag you guys into this with me just for the sheer fun of it. But there's also some things that the the beta does, uh, the tutorial doesn't cover, and it's the deck abilities. So being that it's a beta, you only had four decks that you could choose from once you unlock the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, each one of the decks has like these milestones that you can reach. So as your cause goes higher then you're able to use these one-off abilities. So in some cases, it's like summon two extra creatures this turn or gain plus three attack. It's really interesting. It's a lot more dynamic. And I, I like it, but the thing that I'm worried about is that since it's one of these online card games, uh, they have not introduced the economy into it yet. So being able to purchase packs of cards, it's going to add a lot more, I want to say depth, but at the same time, it's also going to be that pay-to-win kind of dynamic. That's always the threat with these kinds of games, is that you always wonder, like, okay, how hard is it to get packs of de- of cards versus how easy is it just to put a bunch of money up front? You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess the question I have, Denny, and maybe you don't know, is this going to be a free-to-play game? It looks like it'll be free to play because you're going to be able to purchase all of the the packs or microtransactions. Okay. You would hope that maybe the actual system mechanics might date some of the pay-to-win aspects of it. Just the fact that you have to sort of ration out your usage of mana via that cause pile. But mm-hmm. any in-game card economy, I think, can be broken one way or another. So it's kind of tough to tell before it's out. Well, that's what made the beta so nice, is because everybody was limited to the same cards. You didn't have that much uh, diversity, so you could try and pick apart and know the decks that you were playing against. And you can mix and match your decks to come up with a really good combination with rarities, I assume, right? Eventually, but in this, no. It was just you have these preset decks. I didn't try and like delve too deeply into trying to create a custom deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, partially because I wouldn't have been able to really amplify it by getting extra cards. But overall, I think that if this one uh, does pan out and if it, it, it is free-to-play, then we should uh, make Alex play it. It's <laughs> no, I'm not, against, I'm not against card games. And this one is a lot more simplistic, but it can also be very strategic. 
at the beginning I thought it was just really straightforward, damage the other opponent until they explode, but it, it really has a lot of cool features that I wasn't expecting. Now, here's a, I have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. How's the online, and how is the artwork? And the artwork, everything that I saw is really dark. It mm-hmm. does have a certain noir aesthetic to it, but... Now you're speaking my language. It, you'll have to try and take a glance through it. It felt a, a lot more like the artwork in Magic than in Hearthstone, put it plainly. Okay. Uh, and the online, the matchmaking, in my experience, was pretty good. Uh, but okay. then again, I was doing really well. So maybe I just was at a level where I was getting matched against people who weren't as confident in their abilities. But you weren't getting, like, lag or disconnect, Oh, right? no, not at all. Uh, it, But, you know, you have to wait for other people to play their cards. So that was kind of a drag. Some people, yeah, like, I mean, sit there and think, and then they don't do anything. You just want a, a good, you know, online, you know, match system that has good net code, so you're not getting a lot of lag or disconnects and yeah. delays. Well, part of the reason why I always come back to Magic the Gathering is because I'm a, a person that likes to think through their moves, but once I know what I'm going to do, I'm going to act on it. I don't need to take another, like, minute be like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. Like, if I know what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it even if it means losing. Yeah, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what did I do? Oh, this card is really... It looks really cool. Should I play... No, I shouldn't play it. Maybe I should play... No, I shouldn't play this one either. Why Why are there so many phases? What What phase should I be using this for? What is this what phase What phase for? am I in? There's too many phases. These yeah. are complicated. This, this game had barely any phases. You could attack whenever. You could add cards to your cause pile whenever. Uh, the yeah. only the only thing you're really limited on is the ability to play some of the cards. Then, like they have yeah, to happen yeah. on your turn. You heard it and have first. A, a middle finger emote. Alex won't be phased. No, <laughs> I will not be phased. That's good. A quick question. I, I'm curious what you guys think about this. Uh, obviously, the scourge of these games are the in-game economy of buying booster packs and stuff. What would the alternative be to that? Because, like, as a free-to-play game, it has to make money somehow, right? Yeah. I'm thinking here, what could you do? Well, if you introduce the game at a starting price, and then you were able to add decks for an additional cost, I think that's one way to at least make money. But people are going to want to try and split the decks apart and try and, you know, build them into their own creation. Like pre-made decks, so that you had to buy these deck packs that didn't necessarily break the economy where somebody could buy a bunch of boosters and get five of the same card that would bust the dynamic of the game. But even then, you have to still consider, can you, as a person who only bought the the base set, play against somebody who has purchased like two or three of these bonus decks? Are you able to break down the decks in this game and assemble your own? I honestly didn't try. I I found uh, I tried two out of the four decks that were available, and uh, I just fell in love with one of them right off the bat. So I didn't even bother to try the others. Yeah, that's fair. Here's a thought: there are two free-to-play games that have done several different things. One of the things being, if you get 
uh, repeats of cards, you can break them down for materials to make other cards. So that's kind of one way to buy a bunch of booster packs, but if you get doubles, it doesn't feel entirely like a waste. That feels like Hearthstone. Yeah, but they also have that. I was thinking more like Apex Legend. But the other part I was going to say was Battle Pass It. Cosmetics. Make the board different. Give a different announcer and make a Battle Pass that if you buy you pay ten dollars and then you play 15 matches you get a card you get a rare card but then if you play 40 matches you get an epic card you know what i mean huh that's pretty interesting too not a bad idea i like battle passes (laughs) but speaking of games i'm not good at (laughs) i am did you guys know i'm real bad at rts games too yes i did i know that you don't touch them usually yeah i never fully got through warcraft 3 Wow. Okay, my, my admission here, Alex. <laughs> wow. Me neither. Oh. <laughs> what? I'm Warcraft the only two. person who played through it. Warcraft 2 is better. Uh, so it's about if, if it's not as good as Warcraft 2, or you just got stuck on the tree at the end? Not as good. I got tired of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't well, make it you're entitled to your bad or wrong opinion, so... Alex, tell us how bad you are at RTS. No, we'll, we'll get Steve on here, and he'll agree with me. <laughs> so, They Are Billions is a game that was in early access for a while now, and I've had it throughout early access, but it just went live, I think, about a month ago. They Are Billions is an RTS game with a twist that there is a timer set on the amount of days that is continu- that the game is continuing. Over the course of those days, which you preset, you can do an infinite mode or you can do a campaign. The campaign kind of gates you a little more, a little bit more in what you can do, so I don't stick to that one. I usually stick to the infinite mode or I set up a preset length of time. So say I set it for 100 days. I have to survive for 100 days starting from just having a couple of soldiers and a town hall. And then build my buildings, which is tents and quarries and sawmills, everything. I build it up to get resources and in my 100 days, say after 15 days, it'll say a horde swarm is on its way. And you'll see on the little mini-map that there is a swarm of 50 zombies coming towards your town hall. Zerg. Yeah. You continue to play and you try to build your defenses while trying to outlast. And you can have your, your soldiers exploring and killing zo- like stray zombies. And if you kill enough, the, the zombie horde won't be as massive. So it does... It does behoove you to do that and to go and explore but mainly you're just gathering resources and building building wood walls and level them up to stone walls and you want to make double layers of walls and you want to make sure that you're using tesla towers to expand your town because you can't if you don't have enough power it's an rts game that i'm bad at hold on i got a recommendation for you here next time you start up the game you start a match yep hit, hit enter so you get the prompt key to type things in and then type in, today is a good day to die. Huh. Just type in QQ. No, that was that, the cheat that, from Warcraft 2. After that, I want you to enter and then put in glittering prizes. <laughs> so you can get all, almost unlimited gold. Or no, it was only <laughs> what, like a thousand gold? No, it was more I think it was like a thousand gold, but there's no limit to how many times you can do it. <laughs> See, that might work because... They throw in those tropes of when you click on your soldiers and you move them, they go, for the humans or mm-hmm. for the colony, and it just reminds me of Warcraft 3. Okay, so you answered my second question, because yep. <laughs> I was going to ask that. So, wait, what did you play this on? Uh, PC. Okay. 
Did any of them go Dabu? They might have. <laughs> I haven't explored. I haven't played it as much as I would like to. Only because I know I'll play it for an hour and lose by day 30. And then be like, well, that was my time with this game. I'll come back in another week and then I'll come back and play it again. And lose like day 40 or day 25 or something. But uh, it's a good twist on that zombie, that on, on the RTS genre, adding zombies to it and just shifting your focus on survival and building up as fast as possible. Not because you have to go and defeat somebody else, but because it all depends on it because in a couple days, you go and die. Do they have FMV story sequences? I guess I'd have to play the campaign a little bit more, but I, I assume so, but not sure. Okay, all right. I really like the infinite set-your-own-level matches. I played some of the basic, like, oh, this is medium-level, learn how to play the game, and they put me somewhere with no no forest, and I was like, well, <laughs> fuck. Do you think maybe the campaign would help onboard you to the harder parts of the game? I mean, like, a lot of times campaigns will start off pretty simple and then scale up accordingly. It did. It did, and that's kind of how I got to where I am, but... It does, again, gauge you really hard where it'll stop you. It's a lot of stopping and starting, a lot of stopping and starting, and uh, which is fine. I just, yeah, that's why I kind of was like, well, let me just kind of jump into the deep end and see if I can figure it out myself, which seemed to be doing okay. I just got to keep practicing. <laughs> they are billions. I I liked it. I think I'll keep going. Getty, I wanted to, I, I forgot to ask. Kaza, did you, do you think you're, you want to come back to that one? Yeah, like I said, we should drag you into at least a couple of matches. I think it, you would like it. That might at least put you on a level playing field, too. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Just to prove a point. <laughs> that you have patience? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that I have patience, despite that episode title. <laughs> but honestly, I think we could go back and forth on this for a long time. But let's swing over to news after the break. <laughs> with the news not all the news just the news that we kind of feel like touching on first things first cook serve delicious number three yeah. announced in, announced for steam january 2020 you reviewed uh cook serve delicious 2 right joel i did yeah i played it on switch and that is the only way i'll play this <laughs> just i need a handheld so i can just pick it up and put it down whatever instead of sitting in front of a desk I actually picked it up this week. It was $6. That's a really good price for it. Yeah, on, on Switch, I'm, I'm happy to pay that, considering I think I paid full price on Steam, which right. I think was $15. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, that's full price for it. Second piece of news. No more Rocket League loot boxes and keys. That's a pretty big shocker for a lot of people, because that's been in there for, what, a few years now, right? Really? Mm-hmm. Well... Mm-hmm. We actually played Rocket League this last weekend, Alex. We did. And uh, let me tell you, I hate those power-ups so much. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I, I thought it was a nice uh, was a nice twist on it. Nah, that's some bullshit right there. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he uses power-ups in Smash Brothers, too. Yeah. I like the Smash Brothers. No, that, that, that game made sense for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense in Rocket League. Like, why? Never mind. So, yeah. Yay! No more loot boxes. 
They would give you a loot box, but you'd have to pay for a key for it, which kind of is ridiculous. But Rocket League came out for free on PS4, and then I also bought it on Steam because I wanted to support them, and they're doing good work. I so. live by it. Mm-hmm. Guess why they yeah. can do that, Alec? Guess. <laughs> <laughs> We're not really going to get into the Oblitz Epic Game bullshit. Epic game store. I will just say this. Don't send death threats to developers. Done. <laughs> Hashtag ad. We're done here. We're done here. <laughs> Are you hashtagging ad the death threats? No, no, the Epic Store. It's a, oh, it's an okay. ad. Hashtag ad. Super GG would, Radio brought to you by I'd the Epic I'd take Game getting store. sponsored by the Epic Store. Suck it, Alec. Are, are we above that? No, no, we're not above that. <laughs> not absolutely not. <laughs> okay, third piece of news, considering that I'm skipping that Epic Store stuff. <laughs> Evo was this weekend, and man, it was real fun. It was the, did any of you guys pick that up? Take a look at it? Just I caught some of the highlights. 30 seconds when we were walking past the TV at GameWorks. End was... of the Dragon Ball Fighters tourney between uh, Sonic Fox and uh, Doichi. Yeah, which yeah. is so cool because that was the matchup last year. Yeah, yeah. They're like the they're like the Daido and uh, the other guy I can't remember the name of, of Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go back and forth every year. And last year, Sonic Fox won. And it was a whole big triumphant fun time. And then this time, Goichi won. And he was so happy, he started crying. And Sonic Fox was just hugging him and everything was great. It was a real good showmanship. Oh, Daddy, did you hear the controversy from last year's Dragon Ball Fighter tourney? What controversy? So they were in the finals, those two players for Dragon Ball Fighters, and Sonic Fox was, I think, down two matches. Was that right? Oh, Uh, and he wanted to switch. He wanted to switch. He did it to ice him. (laughs) Yeah, I remember, yep. He didn't do it this year, though. Mm. (laughs) But it was nice, and then... Last year, when Sonic Fox won, he tweeted out, "I'm gay and I'm the second best, or I'm the first, I'm the best DBZ fighters player on the planet, and don't you forget it." And then he lost, and then he wrote, "I'm gay and I'm the second best," and it was just like a nice little humble thing. He admitted that he was he Goichi beat him, and he was happy. They were friends. They were taking photos afterwards. It was nice. It turns out he won the Mortal Kombat one, though, right? He did. He came back. Uh, not a lot of people do crossovers. There's, there's a couple, but not many. And he is one of them that he is his crossover as Mortal Kombat. Hmm. But good for him. They both they, they both earned it. They worked hard for it. But some highlights from Evo also came with Gang Beasts. They came out with their own wrestling ring. Like there was a big <laughs> Gang Beast wrestling ring, and then people like pros would play Gang Beasts against each other in the wrestling ring. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that was real. That's a real kooky thing. Let's see. Whenever someone would do a spirit bomb with uh, anybody, which Goku, GT Goku, or regular Goku, they would do a spirit bomb. The entire crowd would raise their hands and give the energy to the spirit bomb. <laughs> so that's, that was all cool. And also, like, a lot of reactions to everything happening, watching people freak out over game announcements and people participating with uh, spirit bomb and getting really into the crowd cheering and cheering for their favorite pros. I like Evo. I think Evo's a good fun crowd interaction i think i think i want to go to evo <laughs> isn't that is that california yeah it's vegas why are you oh, whispering okay that's not bad but i mean you go to vegas for the weekend and then you kind of like feel gross and don't want to be there anymore so 
if I go to Vegas, I'm not going to be out and about. I'm going to be going and sitting inside an arena and watching these guys play video games, and then I'm going to play video games with them. So I feel like it's, it's a better reason to go to Vegas. Yeah, I still have flashbacks of the last time we went to Vegas. Yeah, it was a shit show. Yeah. But coming out of Evo, new Guilty Gear, which we yes. have tweeted out a very fun fan reaction to a guy freaking out about Guilty Gear reveal. Mm-hmm. Oh, that trailer was sick. It does. I'm, I'm still going to buy it. And we're still going to suck at it, Joel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's going to look real pretty. <laughs> Uh, new in-birth uh, after sleep. And that com- the, the name got more complicated. I don't know what to do about that. Probably not play it. I mean, <laughs> that's the logical conclusion, right? <laughs> I played it for the podcast, and I had a good time. It just is a weird anime game. But there's there's too many fighters for me. Like, I'm as reserved as I am to support it Street Fighter is still my main thing and then Dragon Ball Fighters uh, if I'm going to jump on the Guilty Gear wagon after being off of it for so long I, I only have so much bandwidth you know speaking of this, the main character from Samurai Showdown coming to Tekken Joel I think we also got to get in on Tekken mm, I, you know I forgot I also have Soul Calibur in the wings <laughs> We should just do a fighter podcast, you know? (laughs) We should, Uh, Getty, pick one and let us train you. What do you mean, let us train you? (laughs) Teach you how to play the fighters. You don't play fighters. I don't play fighters for a very good reason. But we could train you. You can can rebuild me? You can make me better? More powerful? Fighting games. I am not. I'm not assigning that claim to what I can do for you. Yeah, I'm 100% assigning that claim. <laughs> I'm 100% signing my claim. Alex, I feel like I wouldn't have to train for very long to hose you. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> Make it a challenge. Uh, Pick one. It would be nice to have a fourth for Dragon Ball Fighters, though. Who's the I'm third? Saying, Getty, pick one. Who's the third? Yeah. Hartwig. Yeah. He, he literally only plays Broly. <laughs> <laughs> we, we seriously play, I think, once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. I would play Check out more. all the DLC and stuff. All right, moving on. DuckTales Remastered is leaving Digital Store. Joel, Ooh. cry for me. When? When is it leaving? Oh, I think it's gone already. What? It's <laughs> crap. <laughs> oh, hold on. Either. Hold on. Let's... let's you mean I have I'm to get a physical copy of it now? I'm going to look it up right now. Did they release a physical copy of that game? Yeah, they I think did. it's a four-pack. They did. It's, uh... I think it's PlayStation 3 and Wii U. Uh, well, I got a PS3. <laughs> Let's see, DuckTales. Oh, right. uh, uh, it's being pulled it's still from digital store. stores. It is. It's still on Steam. What? Well, it is I got on sale here. for three dollars and seventy-four cents. All right, buying August, it right now. August eighth, and it's supposed to be today. Shit, right? shit, 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 shit. Get it now. I will buy it. Uh, Quick. If only they had it on Switch. Anyone who's listening, you're SOL. Sorry. Don't mind my typing. I'm actually buying DuckTales Remastered on Steam right now. Dude, it's a good game. Oh, it's it's on sale. It's on deep sale. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. They they want to milk it for the last second that they can get it for. And it's it's legit good. It's a remake of the NES one. And they brought in the voice actors even to redo the voicing. So, like, the guy who played Scrooge with Duck, who's older than Dirt now, even came in to do his voice. Now, here's a question. Does it need to be installed? Will it? Will they pull a PT? Will they, will they do a PT on this one? 
No, Steam? As they far, better not. As far as I know, they still allow you to download it. Are, did you not delete anything after last week? Oh, God, Alex. You had so much <laughs> junk on your... You gotta delete all of those H games. Wait, what? Wait, what's wrong? <laughs> your PC was running out of memory. Oh no, everything's fine. I did that. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. No, I was asking. I was asking about if if I need to install Ducktales now and then just leave it installed forever. Okay, I just did. I don't believe so. I think if it if I think if you bought it on Steam, it stays there. Okay. On your so it's like the Deadpool game because that Deadpool game got removed and I bought that. Yeah. Okay. Purchase from us. We got way too sidetracked on that, but at least now I own Ducktales. Same here. All right. Joel cried. Now it's time for Getty to cry. Why? Hashtag boycott Borderlands 3. I'm not going to boycott it. It's, no, it's a new movement that is appearing after Take-Two sent thugs to a YouTuber's house to strong harm him and to stop releasing Borderlands 3 leaks. Private detectives. <laughs> they sent private detectives. Weirder I, part, Take-Two confirmed that they sent private detectives. Magic tricks are trade secrets, Daddy. Yeah, and if so, you had seen that girl, you would agree it was magic. <laughs> well, take two is different than Randy Pitchford, who is with Gearbox. I'm pretty sure take two is the publisher, right? So it's yeah. not necessarily his involvement. That's why I kind of kept him out of this one. It's too late. You already said the name. If you say I, it three times, he appears. <laughs> so the streamer found their information, and they were watching a Borderlands three stream that they were publicly displaying. And on the stream, it showed someone's Twitch handle, which the Twitch handle was a lot of gobbledygook. It was Twitch user J572, with all this long list of characters. When you put that in the Twitch, when in the actual Twitch client, it finds the user, which he then followed, and they went live publicly testing Borderlands 3. So it's not like it was a private, unseen thing. You just had to know who that user was. Yeah, from what I remember about the story, he, he broke an NDA by sharing information through Twitch, right? Yeah, that would have done it. I just wonder if he was under NDA. Oh, you know that he was. You know, every time Me? we sign up for a beta, well, half of the betas that we sign up for, there's a huge non-disclosure agreement that we have to okay. But he wasn't playing the game. He that guy wasn't, found, but the other guy was. Somebody who was Twitch streaming Borderlands 3 testing. It was somebody else. Exactly. T- took what they did and talked about it. But, you know, that's like that guy who does Twitch streams where he has a controller in his hand, and then he has UFC fights on in the background, and he's pretending yeah. to play it like it's a video game. Come on. You know exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. That guy was doing... There was also, That guy also got... He got banned because he was doing the NBA finals. <laughs> yeah. Don't mess with the NBA, kids. But I, uh, this is all ridiculous, and Take-Two should be ashamed. Don't send hired goons to someone's house to send intimidation. Private yeah, detectives. That, that's its dream. <laughs> yeah. But now there's a whole hashtag Borderlands, uh, boycott Borderlands 3. I know that my friend Dave was personally upset about this. But I digress. Last piece of news. Someone is maintaining their own jet set radio website slash radio station. Hmm. Includes having a host having songs, and having a forum for discussion with the community that talks and shares memes. But mostly it is just the Jet Set Radio radio station with new and new updated music. You think that maybe there's a new game coming out? 
Maybe. But it seems like this might be just some rogue guy. Uh, Jet Set Radio Live. Does SATA still own the rights to Jet Set Radio? They do, as far as I know. I thought it might have reverted to... Well, because Microsoft put out some of those games. Like, put out another one of those games. Right, I remember it ended up on Xbox eventually. I just didn't know who owned it. But yeah, Sega just became a publisher and less of a actual console developer, so maybe that was it. But I don't know if this hints at anything, but it's about time. And that has been an inconsistent and constant rotation in my office. Looks like we're back to our old new habits with Epic and Randy Pitchford. Let's stop while we're ahead and take a break. again back again to the backlog blog we play games that we've had in our back catalog for way too long and our wife keeps saying hey why do you keep buying new games you have all these old games <laughs> so joel <laughs> that really that, touched that, yeah, that, that <laughs> <felt> personal. <laughs> true story true story joel what did you play this week all right so this is kind of cheating because i've definitely played this before but uh guys it's time for a motion control revival. Uh, we're, we're talking about Wii Sports Resort this week. Oh, no. When's the last time you guys played a Wii? A long, long time ago. Yeah, really long. Okay, so my uh, my son goes to the YMCA here for before and after school stuff and for summer camp, and every time I show up to pick him up, he's in front of a TV with a Wii hooked up, and they're playing Wii Sports Resort. So about a week or so ago, he says to me, Dad, we get the sports resort game, and we go to the used game store. They got it for relatively cheap. Sure, why not? Guys, this game's still fun. Like, if you remember how long it's been since you played Wii Sports or any of the motion control games, it was such a prolific thing at the time that everybody got tired of it because, especially at the time of the Wii, Nintendo was inserting its motion control dick into everything, you know? And just, it got tiring, because you did, like, Zelda games of motion control. You would get Mario games of motion control. And it was just, it was persistent in everything they did. But Are here, you angry at motion control? No, I'm not. I'm saying, like, back then, that was the mentality. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I was, I was steeped in the Nintendo forums at the time, and by the time the Wii was about done... People were so angry <laughs> at the yeah, fact that huh. Nintendo had just, in their mind, ruined a console cycle by putting motion control in everything. What I liked about Wii Sports Resort was that it was kind of a hidden gem, but everybody got it. And the reason why everybody got it was because they ran out of Wiimotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened if there was a shortage. Oh, no, you're, you're thinking about Wii play you're thinking about we play because that be yeah that came with a motion or that came with a controller we sports resort is different we sports resort came out like two years before the Wii ended and hmm. the weird thing about this is that so the Wii remotes that came with the system if you dot them with the system it didn't have the hardware and the controller to properly play the game and yeah. we sports resort came with a separate like three inch dongle that you had to plug into the back of the Wii remote. 
Oof. in order to give it the proper motion control calibration to play these games. Because the whole appeal was that it made the Wii Remote more precise in its movement. So, like, it had a little bit more nuance as you curved your arm back and forth. So, like, if you played the regular Wii Sports with, like, the bowling and the boxing and stuff, you learn pretty quickly that you don't have to make full motion on stuff. You would just sort of flick your wrist the right way to generate the right response in the game to do, like, a curve while you're bowling or to do the right kind of punch while you're boxing or playing golf. And here, they add this dongle thing that gave it a bit more precise feel and a little more range of motion that affected things. Okay. But the funny thing is that that was only really used in this game and The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. <laughs> so, Perfect. like, this game came out two years before about the Wii died, and they came out with this late-cycle accessory that almost worked for nothing in it. Nintendo and the peripherals, right? But the weird mm -hmm. thing is that beyond that, they started cycling out the old Wii remotes, and they only made Wii remotes with the Wii Motion Plus built inside it. So, like, oh, there you go. They went through a whole generation cycle of equipment where, like, they phased the stuff in and then barely used it. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds about right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nintendo be Nintendo. That's that's not news. But uh, back to the game itself. So, like Wii Sports, it's a series of sport-related mini games. Except to where there was five, there's like eight or nine different ones. So there's like uh, just a ton of different varied things. Some of them are repeats, like bowling or golf but they added some new ones too so like there's sword fighting and like the range of motion actually works pretty well with it because classic because as you're playing it it, it looks like american gladiator where like people are <laughs> holding having like those helmet things on their head and it looks like a, a nerf sword as you're walking along on a big mat and as you're fighting it, like you can actually do a block stance if you hold down the trigger, and as you're tilting your arm around and rotating your arm, it'll change the place that the sword is sitting. So like it's actually a lot more precise than what you might remember some of the Wii stuff being. Does it use your Does it use your your Mies? Yes, okay. absolutely. It, it, what kind of question is that? It's a Wii game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like I didn't everything. know if they had kind of started phasing it out. I mean, now Alex, it's almost completely Alex, phased out. Alex, Mario Kart 8, you can use your Wii's. Yeah. Or your Mii's. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my Nintendo account has my Mii on there. Because yours isn't cool. Mine's no, because you have slider. to make one. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's a cool KK Slider guy. I'm so glad you ended that with Slider. Yeah, right? <laughs> He's supposed to hang out. Third K and we'd be off the air right there. So, I mean, like, it, it, I was surprised at how precise this stuff feels relative to what I remember it being. And the kids had a lot of fun because they would do bowling and actually, like, the way you curved your hand as you threw it, even if you didn't make a sharp motion, would affect it. So, like, my son was constantly tilting his hand to the right slightly as he threw the ball. And so it would constantly go to the right as he was throwing it down the lane. And, you know, they would try to do the con common kid stuff where, like, in a motion-controlled game, they're swinging their arms around like crazy during the sword <laughs> fighting. But because this stuff is meant to be more, like, precision-focused, it didn't work well when he was playing against me because I knew how to block, and I would just, like, 
time my blocking and then beat him down. Because there's no yeah, you, feel? You there's beat no mer- down. Yeah, there's no mercy in my household. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, I won't say that it's a perfect mini game set. Some of this, some of the stuff's kind of middling to bad. So like, there's some canoeing and cycling stuff that the kids had fun with, but it's kind of like boring. Like you have to move your arms, shake back and forth, kind of stuff to keep a rhythm going. That doesn't really emulate the actual sport, but. Uh, I think it's I think it's time for Nintendo to release a new sports game, a sports resort, uh, because mostly I'm tired of having my Wii U hooked up. Because my God, there's so much shit you have to plug into the wall, into the TV <laughs> to get that working. Yeah, and the light, the light uh, gauge in front of the TV, the sensor bar, and I I have a Wii U. I don't have a Wii. I have my Wii U plugged in, so there's like a, sp- a special cord for the power of the system. The power of the main controller, the sensor bar, the power cord for the system, and the HDMI cord, and I, I need this octopus of cords unplugged from my TV. So Nintendo, time for a new sports resort game. They have one two <laughs> switch. That's okay. That's good. <laughs> I think that's legitimately good. It's not Wii Sports. Yeah, that's true. Just Dance also feels that need in our house. Now. I played a phone game, as I do, called Florence. It's a little interesting indie game. I don't think it's a real big studio. Two ninety nine on the Apple or Google Play Store. I know, that's a big ask. <laughs> but it's an interesting and, and fun take on a relationship. It's a game that has a full story. The game takes about two hours. But it does have a full beginning-to-end story experience that comes with music and different ways it plays to make you feel for these characters. And it goes over the ebbs and flows of a a period of time into this person's life. The character's name is Florence. And it works with a sequence of her relationship, meeting meeting a man, and then they start to date. And things go from good to great to better to start going downhill... And it's not really a spoiler to say that they break up, but it's the interesting parts of the game that make it play the way it does. So part of it is that you'll see Polaroids from their adventures together and the game is shaking them to make them develop and then you put them on her corkboard in any order you want. Or the game will say that they're moving in together and you have to take some of your own stuff and put it in the storage to make room for his. And then there'll be bubble conversations to go back and forth but sometimes it's an argument and you have to pick how you're going to argue back at them in a way that doesn't come off as hurtful doesn't come off as like painful you don't want to be mean to them and it it just it really hits you hard the way you play it the way you go through and do all these motions and watch these people get together and you're happy and they start breaking up again I think at one point, one of the one of the more interesting bits was that you have a picture of them and they're breaking up and they're fighting and the picture is falling apart into pieces and your job is to put it together. You're putting the puzzle pieces together. You're putting the puzzle pieces together, this picture of them, but they keep moving out of place again and then you kind of realize that they're just drifting apart and there's nothing you can do and that's like, you just have to let them go away. This is heavy. I, yeah. I, lo- I love a game that uses its gameplay as part of the storytelling device like that. It's just a such an, it's the same thing with like using music as timed beats to generate part of 
the environment around you. It's just such a powerful way to integrate the whole part of it into the storytelling and something that only gaming can do that wholly and entirely. It really does come together as this complete package because the gameplay is, again, just these different parts. It's not really the same. There's no, it's a platformer or it's this, it's a puzzle finder or it's, it's, it's not. It's different parts of the relationship in chapters where they're at at this point, where they're at that point, and the game is something different. You know, sometimes it's a draw this kind of silly sketch for your boyfriend, or sometimes it is like, oh, they're mad at each other, and then you just see how their their emotions are different, and it's just like, okay, just experiencing that. You know what I mean? I remember hearing about this game actually from Giant Bomb, and they were doing their Game of the Year deliberations, and this game came up, and I remember one of the people on there, I think it was Vinny, Caravella from them was describing one of the sequences you just mentioned and like he was like choking up describing like the situation and, and, and it's such a relatable thing to anybody who has lived long enough to have relationships that don't work out that you keep on trying to force to work and, and know you're fighting against an inevitability and it, it's just I've been meaning to play this too and even trying to get Kelly at some point to give it a try because I think it'd be meaningful to her too. I just I've heard nothing but good things about this game. Yeah. And going along with it being the complete package, I've had it on my phone for a while now, but I haven't really gotten around to play it. But I was I guess I wasn't like really into I wasn't feeling like I'm like I, I gotta play this right now. I didn't feel the urge to it. Until uh, a video game personality I follow showed that he had just purchased the vinyl record for this game. Oh wow. And, Man, was he correct in doing so, though. Just, like, simplistic, moody orchestra, the right kind of percussion, woodwinds and strings, just to make every moment hit at just, like, just the perfect time to give it a little bit of emotional gravity, but also to pull it back. And some of those songs, like, when she starts her day, you can wake you up in the morning with, like, a spring in your step, and you could go along with your day, but also you could just, like, you feel like you just got punched in the gut sometimes with the way the music hits you. Um, yeah, total overall runtime, 45 minutes, but... Uh, and it's a pretty hard limit of 45 minutes. Like, there isn't any bonus stuff to explore. No, like, side quests or anything like that with a straightforward story. But there really isn't any more to tell. What you get is the story, and it either hits you or it doesn't. And the overall message being that life changes, things change. It doesn't mean that life ends. It always moves forward. So I would recommend this to anybody. I'm probably going to make Beth play it. It's real easy. Again, 45 minutes, so... Also, real quick, I played Rockets, Rockets, no. Rockets. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I saw this and I was like, is he really going to try and squeeze this one in? Yeah. Well, no, come on. I want to get this in real quick because uh, we played it, and all it is is that you pick a rocket and you have three buttons, shoot missiles, drop bombs, or drop mines. You fly around real quick, and it's kind of unwieldy, just spinning around, almost like you're, you're ice skating. It almost has an ice skating effect the way you fly. And they only really have like a battle mode, but it's fun and real quick to just play, like jump in a match and then just kill each other and then jump in another match. Oh. And it's got light trails following you around, so it's got a cool color aesthetic like a Rocket League. Uh, very simple. Not a lot of game to it. Only five bucks and now on everything, including Switch, so that's a plus for anyone wanting to peep a, like a very simple multiplayer quick few round game. Uh, Joel, you might want to pick this one up for the boys. I knew this sounded familiar. I almost reviewed this game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I might. Yeah, five bucks, and you could probably wait for it to be on sale, but it, there's not a lot to it. But what is there is solid, 
So it's like, okay, I'll play this for like 10 minutes. Come on, Joel, it's only five bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else can you get for five bucks these days? H games? Mm. Yeah. About two, thir- two H games. About two thirds away of a six pack. But I think the boys would like it, I think for sure. My boys might also like to sit back. Yeah. Get him started early. <laughs> get, get me on Jade Empire. Jade Empire. <clears throat> now, I, well, I ask you also, because I'm genuinely curious, I've never played one of these games. What do you mean, one of these games? Isn't there more than one? An Asian game? No, Jade Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of racial slur going on here? What's up with that? One of them games. <laughs> Right, I completely just lost my train of thought by that <laughs> comment. How many how many Jade Empire games are there? <laughs> There's only one. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I just mm. were you talking about Bioware games? No, there's a Jade Empire <laughs> too. See, because if he had been talking, no, there, if there was, I I would have known about it. Hmm. Mm. No. Sequel. No, it never it never got a sequel. It was rumored. It was rumored. Okay. It was probably rumored a long time ago, but as Joel already said, it's a it's a Bioware game, so very near and dear to my heart. Uh, and I I'm not gonna say I cheated, but uh, because I have played this game before, but I've never played it on the computer. It was uh, on the Xbox way back in 2005. Oh, you're so, talking about OG then? Yeah, OG regular Xbox. Like the brick. Mm-hmm. I stumbled into one recently, and I just I, I gave it to my dad. He was pretty pumped on it. I think I still have it, the physical Xbox here. I don't know if I have any of the cords to plug it in, but jeez, that thing is still a does beast. Does anybody own one of those anymore for anything other than modding it? All right, beats me. Why you want mine? No, <laughs> don't mod his Xbox. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me about it, because again, I've never played this. Yeah, so just a quick preface here. Um, it was released on Steam. I got it on a pretty good sale uh, a while back. All right, so the the really funny thing about this game uh, is that it won't actually launch from Steam. You have to go in and you have to open it on the icon. So you gotta search through all of your Steam applications to find it. There's been a lot of problems with this game, but I. You know, I really liked Knights of the Old Republic, um, and I love Dragon Age, so picking this up for a couple of bucks wasn't wasn't above me. So, uh, you guys, you've played Dragon Age or Knights of the Old Republic at one point or another, right? I played about ten hours of KOTOR and dropped off from it after that. Alex, have you played either? I've played Mass Effect and the newest Dragon Age. Okay, so... If you haven't played either the original, uh, it follows kind of like the Dungeons and Dragons rule set. But the thing about Jade Empire that's different from the uh, other games is that it was never turn-based. So free movement, uh, free attacking, and playing on the computer, you use the mouse buttons to attack your light attack on your left mouse click and your heavy attack on your right mouse click. So you run up, you fight people using those buttons, but you can also switch into different fighting styles. And before I, I get too far into that, I just want to say that the game, like way back in the day, uh, and now, it's set in feudal Japan, but in some ways it reminds me of the old uh, samurai movies 
with the really poor dubs. Oh wow! Like their voice, like the voices stop on the dub, but the mouths keep moving. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And I couldn't help but yeah, I couldn't help but be like, yeah. <laughs> this looks a little I, like Prince of Persia. No, not at all. But nice try. Hmm. Uh, so, as in all the uh, the Bioware games, you get to create your character. Uh, in this playthrough, and I rarely ever do this, but I, I picked the sexy girl, and I'll tell you, the reason why I did is because in this game, whoever programmed it just really made it so that every girl does the sexy walk. <laughs> the village is on fire, sexy walk. So it's really right up the market, alley. sexy walk. Yeah, we were talking about in anime sw- boobs last week. This sounds, this sounds in your wheelhouse. In the swamp where it isn't safe, sexy walk. I yeah. You, you said two thousand five. This town. the original, yeah. You know, given what time period we're talking about, like you think about like uh, that was still the time with like Blood Rain coming out, and uh, oh, other man. character action games where it was like uh, very voluptuous women. That made sense. Like I think everybody was designing their characters to do the sexy walk at that point. Well, the good thing is that there aren't a lot of physics in this game, so when your character's, like, moving around and jumping, you don't have, like, the crazy anime boobs that are flying everywhere. <laughs> the the deal. You know what I'm talking about. The DOA curse. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that's so, like, even when they're standing still, like, one of them flies up and hits them in the face. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so... <clears throat> Along with the the freedom of movement and the fighting styles, you have three bars to manage. So you got your health bar, you have your chi, and you have your focus. So magical attacks, they fall under chi, and weapon attacks, they fall under focus. For the sake of time, I'm only going to talk about a couple of different fighting styles that I've already unlocked in the game. So I got about four right now. I played two two and a half hours just enough to get past the the prologue um but so i have a wolverine claws that's my melee attack sick i've got a chi slowing ability so that i can like make people move slow for a couple of seconds i have a pole arm and i have the ability to shoot fire so with some of those abilities and weapons you have to manage your bars uh, so you got your health bar, you've got your chi bar, which is your magic, and you have a focus bar, which handles how many times you can swing a weapon. Now, the bars don't replenish over time, so you got to find a, a point where you can replenish it, and you have to manage all of the different aspects. So you can run around. If you take damage, you can heal yourself with your chi, but then if you use all your chi, you won't be able to cast any magic. Got it. So it has that RPG element to it. And uh, as you level up, you're able to attain your skills. Uh, and skills will help to reduce you know, some of the costs for either swinging your weapon or for casting magical spells or bumping the damage up or even the speed at which you swing your weapon. Eric, I have a question. Uh, yeah. Does this play like a beat-em-up or a character action game like Bayonetta or... or- how does it actually play? Because it sounds like there are RPG elements, but unlike something like KOTOR, which KOTOR had some, like, click-to-attack 
parts of it, but you are mostly selecting menu prompts to choose different spells and abilities, right? Uh, yes. Is this more action-focused? So it's exactly like Knights of the Old Republic minus that action bar that would pop up. So if you run up to somebody, it doesn't like prompt you to click on the bar to pick which skills you want to use. You're choosing them in real time. Okay. So if you want to attack, you hit the attack button. If you want to block, you hit the block button. And then one of the things that's really nice is because you can switch between all the different fighting styles, the weapons and, and all that, you do it on the fly. So you can even jump over the enemies, and that can be really advantageous to getting like the drop on them. Uh, but it's all... It has the same feel as KOTOR, mm-hmm. but you're controlling your character without having to depend on that auto attack, you know, where there's a pause of a couple of seconds between your attacks. Yeah. You just run in there and you click. <laughs> you click like crazy. Click like crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my go-to move. Yeah, I like the title, click like crazy. <laughs> I don't know if that's what I would have gone for. <laughs> or a sexy walk. <laughs> uh, uh, you know I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So, uh, just so that we can keep it a a little bit shorter, uh, the stuff that I like about it, having it been so long since I played, I I love the challenge of the game, because it doesn't really coddle you, it really tries to drop you into the game and make sure that you don't screw around. I like being able to switch the skills on the fly, and I am a sucker for the old-school good-slash-evil gauge that as you progress through the story, you know, you take actions or you make uh, bold decisions when talking to people, and it'll either put you on the light side or it'll push you further into the dark side. Yeah, I like those too. (laughs) And it's always like a clearly, like, good is like good and evil is like you kill a bus full of orphans to meet your ends. (laughs) Yeah, it's really lazy, and that's actually one of the biggest bummers that I have with the game. So at the start, having to run everywhere, because you're like, oh, I'll just have to run over here. Nope, I have to run over. Ah, now I'm back here. Uh, The characters, they seem to like you even after you give them the dick response. (laughs) I was going to ask if if it really has an actual effect or not. Mm, Not a little bit. Like, later in the game, some of the dialogue choices change. But right now, like, in the monastery where you start out, it's like, oh, hello there. How are you? Like, shut up, old man. And it's like, oh, well, I'll be seeing you. (laughs) Sounds good. Yep. And then the biggest thing, for it being a remastered game, graphically, the gameplay looks good. The cutscenes were not updated. (laughs) It, it's hard. It's real hard to watch. <laughs> so, I, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to try and give this one a nice, solid playthrough. Uh, right now, I'm I'm doing the bad guy playthrough. So, mean hot chick. Uh, maybe in the future I'll do, like, a, a handsome good guy playthrough. No, that's good, because that gives me time to catch up on Fire Emblem. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'm still going to beat you. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. He's definitely going to beat you. I can't think of a better thing than Getty actually playing a nice person run through. Oh, wait. Yes, I can. Our one last thing segment. Yeah, I still got you, Getty. Take it. Oh, <laughs> sounded so dirty. <laughs> I meant it dirty. 
one last thing. Something to sign us off for the weekend. For me, I had to threaten to get real drunk and stream more auto chest super GG Twitch just to make this episode happen. Definitely worth it. Yeah, also, you know. during that Jade Empire discussion, you know what I just remembered? Nightmare creatures. What? what that made you think of nightmare creatures? Really? I don't know why. Hmm. Nightmare creatures. What was that an N sixty four game? It was a PlayStation One game that oh. came to N sixty four. All right, all right. The ultimate crossover. I want to bring that up in a further discussion later. But Getty, what's your one last thing? I want to know when the next uh, couch co-op is happening at Alex's so I can spend $8 on 40s and shoot snakes from a bazooka. $8 is too many 40s. Like, they're surprisingly cheap, and that's just a lot of 40s. <laughs> that's a plethora of 40s. <laughs> More to carry. It's way too many to carry. You don't even have to leave your house. No. <laughs> Why are you complaining about carrying them? You just show up my house at 8 in the morning and be like, All right, well, we're going to do this now. Hands me three 40s. I mean, he's about Beth carrying him to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joel, hit me. Uh, yeah, I'm going to use mine to shamelessly plug. Uh, Eric and I had a conversation last week with Martin Neritar of Shark Bomb Studios, the majors behind Nowhere Profit, which is out now on Steam. Uh, that's going to drop as a bonus episode this Wednesday. Uh, Daddy, I don't know about you, but I could have talked to him for another hour if it wasn't already one in the morning. Oh, yeah. He's a fascinating dude. Like He, he had a clear passion for what he was doing, and it was really fun talking to him. Uh, hopefully everybody will have as much fun listening to it as we had recording it. But uh, we should be planning for, I believe, I just said Wednesday, for that to be out. Awesome. And he even gave us tips on how to suck less at the game. Yep, I actually took his advice and I got to the end of the second map, so... Nice. Nice. Yep. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash superggradio where Metal Gear Solwig Shartwig? Yep, I Shartwig. got him to call it that on a stream last <laughs> night. I was awesome. so proud of myself. <laughs> I believe his last stream had some technical difficulties. I think he was muted for the first 40 minutes. I think that we have it all worked out. Also, Joel, you said you're going to be streaming at some point? Uh, starting this coming week on Tuesday, I will be trying to make a regular schedule of Tuesday nights. It's going to be called uh, 2D Tuesdays. I'm going to start out by seeing if I can bug Kelly enough to join me for some co-op action. Or at least some life or level activity, depending on what kind of game it is. But uh, I got an NES Classic, Super NES Classic, my PC. I'm going to figure something out to work with here. That's not such a bad idea. I'll figure something out similar. So I have like a scheduled streamed auto chess any days? No. No. That's not, that's not going to work. I'll workshop this some more. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or your local stray dog of your choice. (laughs) Thank you for listening. GG, Getty. GG. Good game, Joel. Get good. Looks like we're back to our old new habits with Epic and Pitchfork. I'm redoing that because I don't even understand that. Right? Pitch, having a pitchfork. <laughs> pitchfork.
Lynchford. You didn't you didn't edit it, did you? <laughs> nice. I got you. I can't believe I got you. This stays in. <laughs> I'm editing the shit out of this one. This will go after no, it's too late. I'm editing Pitch this work, <laughs> motherfucker. I'm editing this. Oh week. come on! You can't stop me. You know that if you invoke Randy Pitchford's name three times in a row in a podcast while looking in the mirror, he appears on your podcast? And punches you in the face. <laughs>